0: hey welcome to party line chat on periscope my name is michael finney we have a couple of people hanging out in our group today Uh, do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself you have been tagged in your handle as well
1: um hey everybody my name is uh teddy et on twitter but my name is evan uh i respond to either teddy or evan as a nickname so
2: yeah hello Hey, uh Tim, uh nursery here.
3: Hi everyone, this is Paul. I PJM says on Twitter.
0: Cool. Yeah, so that's everybody hanging out for today. We might have a few more people join in as they are available. Um but as it is, I got a couple of questions. I'll I'll jump into those, but obviously, you know, we're gonna let the conversation roll as is it as it typically does. So it's the new year. But it's still the middle of winter. How are you combating limited access to the outside?
1: Hmm. Honestly, More this. T- <laughs> More time on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, the social justification of like a conversation kind of, for me, alleviates the illusion of like being alone or cabin fever or being cramped up in like a similar space or something like that. So conversation helps kind of combat that.
0: So you've noticed yourself actually being more active on Twitter or spending more time on Twitter. What's up, Christy? Yeah. Also, I saw you pop in.
1: Cool. Um, yeah, no, I would definitely say that um, all sort of electronic usage goes up definitely get a little bit more stir crazy in my Twitter usage and stuff like that. And I guess I just don't brush off ideas as easily because like, I'm not going outside to do something. So I just don't kind of like set that idea aside as maybe easily as I would if uh, there were like nature distractions.
0: What about yourself? Uh, So for me, I try to not let it stop me. As much, I try to get out of the house, so um, I'm not out doing, like, National Park stuff or doing as much hiking, but I do try to s- to get out of my house a little bit. Even if it's just to, like, go to the coffee shop to write, you know, in general. and um, Probably less time away from screens. I'm probably spending more time on screens, uh, like you were talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's necessarily a winter thing or just a a trend thing in general i kind of go through phases
1: i don't know if that's like a a north american like i don't know that's interesting to me like because in america say versus canada i know like a lot of my canadian friends will not let the weather excuses that say like i'm in the mid-atlantic region like and if i there's like two or three inches of snow on the ground i'd be like um Probably not tonight, guys, but my Canadian friends would definitely not let that stop them. So, I don't know. Just be interesting
0: to, to see. Right. I know that there was an event uh, I had intended to go to in the city, but then we got hit by that polar vortex. So, it actually got yeah. canceled. Um, and then it was going to happen the next week. I didn't go the next week. I kind of put it off as well. Then, But mm. it's, it's on my it's on my calendar. I guess, in a sense, you know, that is the weather kind of affecting my desire to go outside or travel, or even just the ability. Cause when it was like negative 20, nobody wanted to be outside. <laughs> right. That's just miserable. 1893, Chicago's Columbian Exposition. Over 125 years ago, the Columbian Exposition was staged in Chicago on Lake Michigan's shoreline. Visitors from around the country and world were first introduced to many industrial technologies and commercial offerings that would shape 20th century culture. This book explores a collection of event photographs and juxtaposes them against a set of modern images to catalog the living remnants in art and architecture around the city as a legacy to the 1893 World's Fair. 1893 chicago's Columbian exposition now available from amazon audiobook version available soon
3: yeah well i'm on my part i'm in san francisco so the weather uh, thing is a, a bit different uh, but it has been raining almost every single day and i found myself um with like a level of wanderlust that i don't think i've i've ever felt before where i I am like dreaming of uh, beaches and tropical locales, um, both in, during like daydreaming as well as like during slumber um, in a way I've just never felt before. And, um, and I've had to really force myself into a consistent um, like cadence of physical activity in the, the gym because I don't find um, like it's, it's not as, it's not as easy or comfortable to do that during a cold rainy season, which we haven't had in San Francisco in at least a couple of years. So, um, yeah, that's how it's affected me.
1: Interesting. So are you actually like following up on any of this, um, like wanderlust kind of like motivations or you, do you have any trips planned or have you maybe gone outside of the box a little bit on some of these
3: places that you would normally visit? Oh yeah, I just I I just recently um, flew up to Portland and got myself like an old convertible BMW. um, Nice, dreamed about for for a long time. It's like like an eighties. It's an eighties three series convertible. um, Hey, trying to plan a a cross country road trip in it. It'll probably break down, but that's just part of the adventure. I think. Um, No, I I agree. Character building. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of
1: yeah. In the same vein, I've had uh, a dream as like an East Coaster, I lived in the Pacific Northwest for a while, but never really went further South than like Oregon for whatever reason, I guess, you know, business didn't take me there. Um, But I've always had a dream about going down the coastal California highway and like just an old school drop top, anything I'm not picky. um, And just kind of soaking up that golden iconic, you know, sunset. I don't know. ride. It's, it's very idyllic. I know, but, just something in my mind
3: i do that every memorial day on on motorcycles so i um it's it feels like you're you're flying on on earth uh at times during that that ride i think i i feel like generally out other than the like performative aspect of instagram where people will take like tropical and luxurious vacations just um as like a wealth signal um Mm. or like um a status signal. Um, I think people have lost a lot of, um, their like innate desire to just interact with, with nature, at least from like conversations I have, it's never about the, the experience itself. Um, right. It's, it's more so about what that experience says about you and that that I just, it's backwards.
1: I, yeah, no, I I can definitely see that. I, um, at least in, in my experience, I think that when I ask people, what they consider a vacation now, because I think that in our society that um, is, you know, our Western ideals are, are work obsessive and stuff like that. And when taking less time statistically um, and compared to a lot of our, um, you know, first world peers, not taking this time to actually enjoy the world around us. Um, and I guess that, yeah, I, I noticed the same thing when I ask people what they consider a vacation, it usually boils down to, do you want to relax or do you want to explore? Because I feel like people, yeah, people, people have definitely like boiled it down to like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a market for the cruise ship leisure industry. You know what I mean? It's basically like a cut as someone that's been on cruise ships. It's basically like the least you can actually interact with whatever land you're visiting but still get the photos and act like you've been there, even though you only got off the ship for like three and a half hours or whatever.
0: Um, We got a couple of questions actually, your comments too. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys are watching on Periscope, uh, but Narfield vibes is saying, why not take a walk somewhere? Um, So like in my case, I live by Chicago. It's been kind of, it was kind of brutal for a couple of days there. Nobody wanted to go outside for a walk at negative 20. Uh, now that it's like in the 20s and 30s above, there's definitely more people outside. <laughs> the best adventure can be a long walk. Uh, speaking of which, has anybody ever um, through hiked or backpacked backpacked for any length of time?
1: I have not. Uh, I do live uh, at, in, in the Appalachian mountain range though and have experienced like a lot of through hikers and stuff like that and just my normal, Shorter hikes consist of cuts and switchbacks along, um, you know, the ridgebacks and the Appalachians.
0: I'd love to do a, a a bit of the Appalachian Trail at some
1: point. What bit? What bit would you think? Oh, like okay, uh, I don't know. If you, had to, um, if you had to pick a state, if you're only going to do one, because I mean, you go across a huge swatch right, of the U.S. Right. right. Uh,
0: I've talked about. Oh, nice. This guy says he has, or this person has said they have done the AT. And plan to do the PCT, which is the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, Right. I've talked about doing the section of Connecticut with my aunt. However, I think that um, that's not probably the the section I would pick. Or if I was able to do kind of like section highlights, I don't think that would probably top my list personally. But that's okay.
1: No, I understand. I I think that's the thing, though, is if you're not going to experience the entirety of like that behemoth of a trail it's i don't know like you're only gonna see certain like regional parts of it and i think that they all have like unique and distinct um beautiful traits about them but i'm the kind of person that's always wondering like what's up ahead or what did i miss if i started you know a mile this way or something like that i'm always just kind of like yeah i'm I'm like i don't want to pick the wrong path robert frost you screwed me
0: so this guy, uh, this person is saying that I'm, I'm thinking they're saying they would like to do the Smokies or suggest doing the Smokies or Maine. Uh, cause the Northern terminus of the AT is Katahdin and the views of that, that I've seen have looked awesome. I would definitely go through, go through Maine, uh, on the AT. I've been to Maine before and it's, it's beautiful there. If you like that sort of environment, um,
1: but I haven't been to Katahdin. Much so travels, yeah, are weird. Yeah, so I haven't, yeah. I've a... never been north, sorry. No, oh, no, no,
0: it's 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 all right. I'm just, um, oh, okay, so they're saying they're suggesting the Smokies. Um, yeah, I've driven through the Smokies once. Anybody else been there?
1: Through Tennessee and stuff like that, and the mm-hmm. Carolinas? Yeah, I believe that
0: kind of butts up through there. Yes, they're yeah. The Smokies Yeah, amazing.
1: that's kind of become like a new um like vacation spot like the tennessee has has kind of gotten this like resurgence at least like i know a lot of people it is i love nashville i never i didn't really have a reason to go but um a buddy was getting married and um he's a huge huge music buff so um it made sense and he loves beer so it's a good city for that too never had a bad Um, time in nashville (laughs) <laughs> I don't remember if I had a bad time in Nashville, to like, be completely honest with you. so uh.
0: <laughs> Sounds like maybe you didn't then.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes.
0: I've got another product uh, that kind of follows sure. along with this line of thinking. Um, okay, so given that we're talking about the wintertime and being stuck indoors or maybe having more time, more cerebral time or introspective time, uh, what is your creative outlet And do you have a formal process for that? Or is that just something that you let come along as it, as it does? Do you, you know, just expound on that for us, anybody?
1: I want to hear PJ and Tim talk.
2: Okay. In the winter I find myself, um, I guess, uh, the creative it I go towards more, I guess, gravitate towards more, uh, music, I guess, um, play a lot more guitar recently, um, during the winter anyone uh, else play?
1: I'm a guitar guy not I'm a hobbyist but like yeah I definitely find myself like coming back to it um, much more frequently like in in winter times but yeah like
2: yeah a bit more comforting down
0: who else didn't we hear from on that? anybody?
3: Yeah. I do not play an instrument, but for me, it's, it's definitely writing. I've um, yeah. been doing a lot more and have not really been, uh, sharing it. Um, the oh, Twitter, yeah. I guess is my first, um, the last few months of Twitter have been my first venture into, um, allowing myself to be in a like instinctual almost flow state, um, in a, in a public way. Um, just from a lot of, uh, fear. And I, I'm visual, like I, w- I would say that um, the fear is almost like a tension under the the sternum that's really palpable, and um, it, it's like a it's like a controlling force. And I've uh, combated that and and rid myself of most of it, but I just have not uh, published anything long form outside of just tweeting and engaging in conversation online. So that really that already was a big leap, and hopefully I'll push myself to the next level soon enough.
0: So I, I want to continue on that a little bit so using twitter or social media is
3: relatively new for you yes i had been away from social media for years
0: all right and you consider yourself um more in the writing space than maybe the musical space or the visual art space in terms of your creative output and i think that people um usually gravitate towards one thing or another but at the same time, uh, that can... (laughs) Research Wyoming, what's up, I see ya. Uh, That can... uh, (laughs) That can kind of mutate over time. I know for me, like, I was a a musician, really heavy for a long time, and I still do music in in a passive way, but the things I've been interested in um, more personally over the last four or five years has been photography. Um, The written word has always been useful and now i'm kind of looking at that as as something different also as i'm kind of
1: exploring some new avenues with writing Um, i have a i have a question for you guys for the room since you uh, identify or are identifying as like you know writing and stuff like that um, or writing more now than in your past um what kind of helped you personally to overcome don't necessarily know if it's an anxiety or the futility of writing down your experience at least in my mind i get this like i'm like a little bit of a neurotic guy i'll admit that um but i get this like schism kind of like in the back of my head that's like you know there's a lot of very intellectual people in this sphere um and a lot of the literature that goes around like the um is it the gravity book club? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of high frequency individuals floating around that space. And I read, you know, these books or excerpts or, you know, try to pique my interest in the subject. And I'm just like, why are you even trying dude? Like these people did it. They mastered it, bro. Like what? Stop. Um, or (laughs) I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? When you compare your work to somebody like who's already survived, like, Hemingway or you know and you compare yourself to anybody I guess it's going to be daunting and stuff like that but how did you get yourself. over <laughs> it's I think that's easier said than done though you know like mm-hmm. how do you how do you separate yourself from like I don't know being okay with like the beginning process because I'm sure that you were masterful in some regard before you decided to like pursue writing more intensely as a craft or something like that or as an outlet but what was sort of the catalyst that broke down that like voice that was like, mm, well, I
0: don't want to. Should you? I, I don't want to. No, I don't think that you should sit and allow doubt to gnaw away at your desire to create. Um, but using mm-hmm. not necessarily myself as an example, because to me, writing is uh, just something natural it's like note-taking or journaling and then these things become something else but if you look Mm. we got a couple of notes uh right yeah exactly wyoming i hear you um but let's let's think about in terms of um hemingway you know he was he had a background in journalism and was kind of reporting on things so he was churning out words you know and i think that as you explore phrases and topics and concepts over time all of a sudden it just kind of reveals itself how to tell a story or 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 craft a tale and construct a narrative you know so that's something I'm trying to to explore more myself because I think that if you come from a a journalistic space or a reporting type of space then you're really just kind of trying to spout facts and i think that's very different than trying to weave a yarn
1: okay um pj or tim do you guys have any sort of like input in how you get over the creative doubt or whatever like mental inhibitions might sort of stall the creative process for you
3: yeah for for me i would say um i just a process of trying to get to the point where i create without fear and i would say my natural talent is more oration um and uh, like the most alive i've ever felt was um when i used to do speech and debate throughout high school um and it's been many years since i've just let myself be uh a raw creator that just um with just like out output that's instinctual and just lets like, I just let my mind go free and share that with the world without fear of repercussion. Um, I think there's cultural aspects to why I haven't done that, um, as well as personal ones. Um, a lot of the like narratives in the intellectual mind sphere these days is about, uh, those same types of fears. Um, Mm -hmm. um, but how to overcome that is just realizing that, I just really don't care what anyone thinks, um, any, anymore. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, it, at least compared to comparatively speaking, it's just still like an ongoing process, like, like everything else um, in life, but, um, how that evolves over time, exploring it and, um, hopefully getting to a place where I'll, I'll like find the right channel to express myself. Like I've just recently started learning how to, um, like, program um for the first time and i think that could be a new outlet for me
1: what kind of languages are you uh finding yourself more involved with uh python cool yeah that's what that's what i started picking up like again i haven't seriously gotten into um like building code writing code structures and stuff like that Um, i have a lot of friends i have a lot of good resources and that almost like makes it Like, I don't know, less desirable for me to do that because it's it's easy. Like, I have a lot of friends that can help me, just kind of like, uh, I I have this like natural like proclivity to kind of want to shy away from it, even though I think it's the smartest thing that you can do. It's like learning how to interact with like electronics and computational processes and stuff like that is basically the same as being a mechanic or something like in the industrial revolution. It's going to be invaluable not only to your own life, but to financial freedom um and stuff like that but it's uh i started thinking about it and i'm just like i don't really want to do that i don't know why it's just i shy away from it but things things can change i mean we'll see but python was where i started too and it made the i guess made the most sense to me as like the verbal language i'm a very like language oriented person and and um yeah like reading and writing and stuff like that was were my strengths growing up and so i think that's kind of where i mentally focus now
0: how long have you been working on learning python
3: pj that's for me oh so what i would say like a month and a half so pretty early on um it's gonna it's gonna take a while just especially with full-time work
1: sure what are you interested most in building like if you could ideally um build a program tomorrow um what would you or write a program tomorrow what would what would it ideally look like for you i mean i guess you don't have to give me your million dollar idea i'm not trying to solicit that but like um do you have like machine learning or are you getting more into like you know the sphere? like what what would you like to work on passion project wise once you feel uh more able fluently my,
3: my space reborn
1: Ooh. Good answer bro good answer did you did you guys uh see the the there was a segment where Joe Rogan in his um interview with Jack Dorsey was uh discussing the nature of Myspace and stuff like that how it sort of avoided all the political onslaughts and stuff like that like Facebook obviously turned a lot of money out from political unrest and stuff like that, but myspace for For the turbulence of the times that it was popularized was very, not politicized, which was interesting, and I thought that was an interesting point to make up. And Jack kind of smirked at that because times have changed since MySpace, for sure.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I noticed there was a lot of music on MySpace. It was generated around.
0: Well, it started as a Uh, as a music platform, actually. Oh. Initially, Um, so back in. I would say 2005, 2006, I was booking tours right off of MySpace all over the place. It was eh? was an an excellent tool for reaching out to venues and other bands and promoters um, because they had basically aggregated all this contact data and event information and made it really easy to reach out to people. That you otherwise had no access or knowledge of. Oh,
1: interesting. I thought that's how they kind of tried to save themselves too. When was it Justin Timberlake that bought right. them? It, yeah, but it that kind was of years went through. Right, 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 right. I just thought it was funny how the Ouroboros, the cycle, the cyclical right. nature of it, they started with music. Music is how they tried to, you know, sort of be the Phoenix reborn. Right. Um, what's Tom doing? See anybody He's in silicon still or pictures around the world and traveling and stuff. Isn't that the dream? Yeah. Um question to you guys, do you ever think um fear of success is more motivating than like fear of failure? Do you ever know people that are sort of self-sabotaging individuals or have
0: only watched that just like completely
1: unravel people? Yeah, 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 of course. I'm um I don't know I'm not saying it's a successful um a successful trait but do you think that it's something like instinctual on like the hierarchy of needs like you actualize yourself but you realize there's probably no reason other than like a chemical factor that you're unhappy and you can't do anything about it other than um, like submit to a medication or something like that I'm not I don't know
0: sure those two things are connected at least not as I'm thinking of them right now
1: No I mean,
0: the fear of of success and then connecting that to, like, a bio-neurochemical kind of feedback loop. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible. It's just not necessarily how I'm thinking of it because there's so much, and let's speak from, like, a music standpoint. A lot of Mm. bands have unraveled, you know, as they were putting out their first record or whatever and uh, the excitement of putting out a record or building a fan base potentially you know booking a tour or whatever all of a sudden like when they arrive at that point they um it seems like they're like oh wait this is even more work i don't know if it's even like an anxiety thing or just maybe they don't realize what it takes to um, manifest uh,
1: continuity, maybe. I don't know. No, I understand. I guess I'm just kind of – I'm thinking from, like, the average – like, an average citizen perspective. Like, what are – obviously, other than, like, the (laughs) – inconsistencies that life has to offer? What are the main factors that keep people from sort of like self-actualizing and stuff like that? And I'm sure that there's many factors that kind of contribute to the process. I don't think Um, that's a one-and-done process either. Right, yeah. To say that you're actualized and complete and that you're a perfect human is obviously something that is impossible. But um, I mean, once somebody has actualized, do you do you know people that tend to like fall out of that pattern or do they just get better at applying that pattern to um, like other areas of their life?
0: I mean, if a person has hit some kind of pinnacle for themselves and they're about hitting pinnacles for themselves and they're going to look to reset into a new challenge so that by and large is probably going to shake them out of what you're calling actual actualization.
1: No, I I guess I, I understand. I I did kind of comment on a thread with um Andrew DeSantis as um kind of this enigmatic individual. Um that once he found kind of, kind of in line with what you said, that basically once he sort of reached um in his mind the the pinnacle of what of what he was going for, um in one school of thought or one category, um, you just, you found yourself wanting to apply it more to all other areas of your life. And, um, I I don't know. I definitely think the, the pursuit like and not the achievement is, is where success
0: is going to give you a mental model for further success in other fields or other projects and things like that. But yeah, I think you should be challenging yourself in general.
1: No, 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 I agree. I just, I, I wonder. Um, I don't know. This is more, I guess, of a sociological nature of a question, but I just, I just wonder the the most common contributing factors that sort of keep people from reorienting themselves with a the challenge, because I feel like. If you let yourself go untested for too long, you sort of get backed into this mental corner that <clears throat> all you're capable of now is all you were ever capable of doing, and I think that that's a very damaging like pattern of thought. And I just I wonder how kind of common that is for people just to get stuck into this routine of thinking and, and sort of stop. Um, I don't know registering whether whether it's worth it to continue on the current path or try to reevaluate. And make yourself uncomfortable for future comfort.
0: You might find some value um, in a book I recently finished called Drive. It's about mm-hmm. motivation, and he dives down into um, the flow state as popularized by Mihai Chick Sent Mihai. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, mm hmm. Really interesting talking about, and I think I've finished my full review on that. You can roll back on uh, my Twitter timeline and take a look if you're interested. Um, But a really good dive into the difference between purpose and profit as motivational factors. Hmm.
1: Purpose and profit. Yeah. No, I can definitely see those like parameters as as driving forces, which gives me a good transition also
0: into another prompt I have. So, what books are you guys intending to read this year, or do you have on a pending release watch list? Say you know a book is going to be released this year at some point.
3: like books that have yet to come out
0: sure if you're aware of anything you know that um you know is from a favorite author and you're anticipating its release and you know that it's going to happen um or even just books that you want to read for 2019 anybody
1: all right yeah i'll jump on this um yeah um i i guess infinite jest david foster wallace of course like the modern classic something that i've like started before and just kind of like not really appreciated it for what it was and put it back down and um i guess enough people and having enough like conversations um with the corner of Twitter that I like interface with most, a a lot of people found value in this book and in the experience. And, um, I don't know, I, I, I really respect and value the opinions of these people. Uh, I think like Mr. Brock font, uh, was the, yeah, he was, he was definitely the one, he was the catalyst that sort of pushed me over the edge with his descriptions and, and connections of the events and stuff like that. Um, and his recollection of reading. And so, um, I'm taking his advice and just going slow with it and appreciating it and actually like just like chewing on the words, you know what I mean? Not just like trying to get through it for the sake of getting through it. Right. And um, it's a lot more, it's a lot better of a process, I guess, since I am a naturally slow reader, being able to enjoy it slowly um, doesn't make me feel like guilty of the expectation for how I should be enjoying it or whatever. So, yeah that's that's the one that I'm like just working on right now and know, I'll take the next one as it comes like whatever whatever pops up sort of in in this sphere of relevancy in my life is kind of the direction that I'll follow yeah. so no plans
3: yeah on, on my part I, I'm working through or I should be finished by the end of this weekend um, the Alex st. John book about the creation of direct in the 90s um, Hmm. And that's been, that's been really interesting thus far, um, kind of giving me history and context on, like, the evolution of computing um, in a way that I had, um, like, it's, it's, it's added credit, like, um, s- support or, like, like defense uh, evidence to substantiate kind of the, the way that I've conceptualized the way that computing has evolved over time. Um, and that's been really interesting. But the next thing, I, so I was talking to uh, Chris Kappa, Big Consult, <laughs> the other day, and he recommended... Chris Kappa, uh, Yeah. And he uh, recommended um, Valis by uh, Philip K. Dick, and um, I think that will likely be the next thing that I read. Um, it looks really interesting. And i um, been intrigued by um, PKD in the, the past, and I think uh, this could be a good, like, reintroduction to his work because i've only ever uh, read minority report mm. and um uh the one thing like in terms of like how i curate my uh the inputs i think um this year i'm really trying to curate my I'm, my airpods were about to die so i might uh, sound different in a second um but um i'm really trying to curate um, my film intake so I studied film and I've kind of rejected it for several years. I'm, I'm not sure why like just got like a dark period um, and trying to go back into a um, methodical intake of art film um, Which has probably contributed more to the way that I think and the way I view the world more so than anything else um, and uh, I'm going to start with Terrence Malick who I just haven't stopped thinking about for the last um, a few days, just rewatch his, his filmography. Um, if none of you have seen that, I think um, especially Tree of Life, but also Night of Cups and um, and Days of Heaven are three bo- uh, films that really apply to a lot of the um, thought paths and topics that we kind of engage in on Twitter. Very cool. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I love this part of, um, you know, kind of the- The folks that we hang out with just the book trading uh movie trading media trading in general is is great
1: yeah agreed it's probably like i don't know it's a very engaging group of people and um for all the vast like specializations and intelligences like you know the i don't know everyone is super giving and open with the knowledge that they share and the inspiration that they get I don't know. I find it very refreshing as far as like human interaction goes.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Tim, I'm not sure we, not heard, sure from
3: we heard from you about books or anything like
2: that. Yeah, books this year. Um, I've been meaning to find um, one. It's called a Blueprint for Higher Civilization by Henry Flint. Um, uh, it wasn't of I into lot I looked too
0: deep.
2: Oh, is that better? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, looking into the book wise, um, Blueprint for Higher Civilization Henry Flint. Uh, just been looking around at that, haven't went too deep, in- but uh, that's one of my ones on for this year. <laughs> Not sure I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, I looked a lot know? about um, cultural inheritance and humanity, and the cultural inheritance
1: of humanity. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know what was what was the takeaway of that that you sort of like enjoyed. Was there like a vein of thought or something that you sort
2: of got attached to? Oh no, I haven't uh, delved too deep into the book. You just have not I understand. Apparently. Yeah, one of the ones kind of uh, start to read.
0: Yeah. I feel like everybody's usually in the middle of like a handful of books at one time.
2: Yeah, do my downside. <laughs>
0: Let's see. That might even transition, uh, transition us into this last question I have prepared. And we can keep going, but this might even help us get there. It's like, what do you hope to get out of connecting and communicating with the the group of people we we hang out with, or um, just in general use of Twitter, even because I think that who people interact with there or what they kind of deep dive into topically, um, it's a good way of kind of reporting back and forth amongst the different spheres that everybody gravitates
2: towards yeah honestly um i find a lot of personal growth with this and just a lot of the information that uh, topics we're all going over
1: yeah personally for me it feels like i have access to like the coolest professors like teacher's lounge or whatever on the internet and any question <laughs> that i have um there's probably someone that i'm i'm confident enough conversationally with to ask that and not made to feel like the the sharing of information without m- making someone feel less than i think is the really special kind of um experience that i get out of it and um yeah the personal growth that tim was talking about there's a lot like politically um, and opinion-based. There's a lot of opinions that I follow now that maybe I otherwise would have been too close-minded to for whatever reason. But I really like the sort of middle truth that I find between all of these different perspectives and my own, and um, even even the you know a, a stark contrasting opinion in one area um, with one person has not usually led to. A complete breakdown and the ability to communicate with the you know the other individual, and I think that that skill is so valuable, especially with um, especially when you're uh, talking with people, certain individuals on the internet that value anonymity. Like, um, I think when you can have heart to hearts with people that have no reason <laughs> to be nice to you, uh, is something extremely special as as a human. So you know what I mean. They could just be super rude tell you that you're not worth the time of day but you know because they don't for whatever reason their opinion might be polarizing or they don't feel comfortable interjecting that you know the reality of their opinion into their daily life and i can appreciate that but just those little pockets those little you know whenever they pop up very neat very reassuring
3: anybody else yeah i'll hop in um so I, I would say for for me the way um people have asked me like why, why you're so much more active um on twitter for my um like rl life and the uh, the the way i've described it to them is i just really haven't been interested in anything for a long time and this um last few months um i find like Um, almost a childlike wonder um, in having conversations with this kind of group uh, that I haven't felt. And the way, the best way I can describe that is um, I used to always come home and I wanted to go to sleep. And now I get upset when I fall asleep because I might miss out on great conversation and exploration of myself and ideas that um, I won't have elsewhere. So it's more about coming in closer contact with um, a part of me that had been lost for a long time um, than, than anything else. And, I, and uh, it's almost unlocking parts of my mind that had been um, closed or, or locked. Um, and, and that's that's what I, get. I, I look to get out of this even more and more, like personal exploration and um, stimuli that will push me to grow.
1: That's interesting. Um, so you would say that social media has kind of like helped to spark creativity and, and sort of like embolden your passions rather than like obfuscate them or, or make you feel daunt, like, I don't know, like, like it's daunting to, to engage or something like that. Just since you said it had been a few years.
3: Yeah. I just, I hadn't been on social media during those years. It was like a a dark time, like depression and PTSD and stuff, but, um, like, yeah, no, of course I've no no shame. Uh, so, in, but um, the reinvigoration just comes from somehow meeting this collection of, of people that I feel uh, closer to in ter- in, in like cer- like cerebrally uh, emotionally than I have in with almost anyone I've ever met. Um, and in a really almost instant way, um, it, it, it it was just apparent at this uh, almost animal level. Um, and I have to explore that further. Still still new to the, to the group, but it's been, like, beautiful thus far.
1: No, I, I definitely I agree with that, man. And, uh, yeah, just personally, interactions with you are always super pleasant and, like, endearing. I just want to say, like, you know, I appreciate that, and I, uh, I like viewing the style uh, that people tweet in because it's so vastly different, and I think um, When Done Sincerely kind of, like, shows you, the personal intricacies of stuff like that of like how people formulate their thoughts and feel comfortable sharing. And like with you, PJ, I really enjoy like the stream of consciousness kind of thing. Like in in line with our Kanye conversation the other day, (laughs) uh, I like your stream of consciousness tweets. And I think that you do it really truthfully and openly. And yeah, it's, it's, it's something that is inspiring to me to try to um, not imitate, but maybe like in
3: my own way, like, Adopt so. Oh, thank you. Respect. Um, yeah, um, back at you. It's been a pleasure with all of you. Um, and I think not to not to kind of deviate the from the, the current topic too much, but um, okay. this kind of reminds me of the um, MySpace comment I made earlier, which um, I've just been thinking a lot about that recently because um, it feels like that and Tumblr had this raw, um, and, and really compelling element to it where you, it was so powerful that you went out of your way as a 12 year old or 11 or 13 or whoever. Like, I was in sixth grade when I started playing with it, but I don't know how I am 14 uh, and a half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to, to, um, to go out of their way to like deal with HTML uh, to like customize their page. And if you up. Yeah, <laughs> if you, if you, if you, if you indented an extra time or you added too much space to format my space was ruined yeah and you'd be lame and then you're, yeah. you know the you know the girl you had a crush on or whatever would like you know judge you and you freaked out and you really it was this digital representation of yourself in a similar vision as, <laughs> as like erbit and i think that's so powerful and um and i really think um that's like the curated aspect of instagram and facebook where it's almost it's top down and and it, it's incentivizes like a weird sort of personal curation that's fake and not it's it's curation not really creation with most of the time i've ever spent on spent on those platforms whereas um and and usually it's it's one-dimensional like people will have a watch centered uh, Instagram or, or a car centered Instagram or fashion, but it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't represent all aspects of the person in the way that I feel like MySpace did with your background and the quizzes about yourself and the um and the music that you had embedded in your page and oh. all these different um it was so um complex. It was so complex despite it being so like uh early in the in the social media um kind of evolution path. And, I don't and know, I my, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, how many how many MySpace quiz writers do you think went on to become uh, BuzzFeed journalists? Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt that thought, though, but that just popped into my head. Um, I do have a question for you, anybody, the floor. Um, how many of you are messing around with Urbit? I know that's kind of like... I've, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of conversation about it, you know, the planetary models and stuff like that. And it's... Uh, it seems interesting is everybody sort of like investing some, you know, gravity, some attention towards that or um,
0: I'm I still on the outside
1: looking with-
0: in. Uh-oh. do we lose somebody? Oh, hello. No. Sorry. Uh, hold on. I might have lost periscope. Let's see. Let's- Oh no, we're still alive. Sometimes the app just shuts down. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'll start.
3: I mean, I, I have. I I got a plan and started setting it up, and it's a really like really elegant um experience considering how like the like base level technical know how you need to have to set it up. I got I got stuck at one of the the um, fields for for setting it up um, and just haven't put, put the time in. I've had a really busy week and I started setting it up last Sunday. So I'm definitely going to allocate some time this weekend, um, to finish. I've thus far really just used it more as like the image or the, the concept of it, um, has been really provocative for me and, and make, makes me think about, um, the world, um, or the, the internet world, which is more and more of the real world the, the lines blur, um, mm-hmm. in a different, in a different way. Um, and really shows what's possible if you start thinking about things from first principles, which most people rarely, if ever, do in their entire life. And this does it with like the grandest thing in, in existence, the internet, So, um, and the way we engage with it. So I just think that that type of boldness to do something at that scale this late in the game, um, relatively speaking, um, from how most people look at it, or the, most people look at the game, um, it is so... Um, inspiring kind of what you were saying earlier like creating without fear um that's like Urbit is almost like the ultimate creation without fear in terms of how long the journey has been and how ambitious and doing it anyway just because it comes from the heart um and that's really inspiring to me so that's that's the that's the main reason i've come into contact with it not that i'm talented or like experienced or skilled enough to do anything with it at this point in time
0: it's definitely an interesting project um, I've done a little bit of reading, but I'm not
1: exactly clear how to apply it right now. Right. Uh, yeah. No. I'm. I'm definitely not comfortable enough to to consider myself an authority on that. But yeah, I, I think the interest, the generation of interest, is um definitely what's caught my attention now, and will probably focus fall into like more attention trying to. Make heads and tails of
2: it.
0: Well I'll keep watching you guys work with it then. <laughs> <I see what laughs> yeah, right.
2: Yeah. Throw some breadcrumbs our way,
1: right? <laughs> That's the ticket. Um uh just anything else that maybe has like fueled any sort of like mental flames this week? Is has, has anybody had any sort of ideas that are just kind of recurring or strong synchronicities in, in one area facet of their life.
3: Yeah, I guess if it, I'll, I'll hop in here. Um, so for, for me, it's this idea of, I said it to Chris, uh, Chris, Chris, Kappa the other day, um, mm-hmm. of, of pinball. And I tweeted, I tweeted a reply to him of using the pinball example earlier, and just to kind of give clarity on that. It's, it's this idea that, um, so you know how like like so you know how uh, Bird Box and now Fire Festival th- those came out and those those became global conversation pieces in a matter of hours um, because a corporation from Silicon Valley decided they were going to inject this idea into the minds of the masses and they can do that on uh, like with a flip of a switch and get everyone talking about something because they said so because they control. Um, like the the algorithms that have you know a decade of data on you and what how long your screen hovers over one uh movie poster on like a digital movie poster versus another and you know just we can go on and on down that path but um so <laughs> no. they, they they like inject an idea and and it's the way I, I say it is almost like you can inject a meme and it's not like a conspiracy in so far like it it's not a conspiracy insofar as they're controlling minds, like in, in a sci-fi movie. But it's right. playing pinball because you don't have full manipulative, like like dexterity control over hmm. something. You have the ability to use paddles to kind of influence the way the ball goes and and it's and it's it's general path. Um, right. And if you if you use like there's skillful pinball players. Most people can, you know, hop on on the thing and get you know a decent score. But if, if you really focus on that, um, you can get society or people to go really wild ways by using those those bumpers. Um, and um, that's what I've been thinking a lot about um, recently. And I think the that Joe Rogan thing with um, Tim Pool uh, points to that by you know architects that operate simultaneously in a world that we can see and a world that we can't, um, because their public persona doesn't necessarily match their, their real self or their private persona, um, Mm. can, can frame and, and, and change the way that society operates, um, from behind the scenes with these tools. Um, and and it's almost like they're playing civilization and that that's pretty, pretty wild. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about. Yeah
2: yeah definitely interesting
1: social control Hmm. well so you're talking about like taking an idea that like i don't know like i the i feel like the general like conception towards bird box was it's okay like the i think the more common theme was why the hell is everybody talking about this right now? And why is it everywhere? Why is, you know, it was everywhere on Twitter, I feel like. Why Um, did it
0: get such cultural purchase so quickly?
1: Exactly, exactly. And it it feels like someone's kind of cheating with the parameters of, like, the viral nature of how, like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're just scaling how, like, viral interactions happen... (laughs) i mean it's it's obviously like you know you've seen it in other sites like um subterfuge and corporate sponsorship of like certain reddit posts and stuff like that and obviously there are going to be these grassroots and viral specialist marketing agencies that um you know are kind of figuring out how how these things tend to move you know what i mean um and I don't know, I I guess it it does get depressing when you wonder how much of your life can be boiled down to like an algorithm and stuff like that. And that's when people tend to step away from the screen or, you know, (laughs) go outside for a minute. But, um, I think that that's going to be a real problem. Like people, like you're, you're messing with people's ability to trust what they want by making their own informed decisions. Like if everything is going to be a gimmick or a ploy, um, that's obviously like just a money grab or something like that. I don't I don't know how a model like that is sustainable, but that would take like a lot of things into account. The general intelligence and patience of the population is like probably pretty hard things to quantify. So I mean in in that given sense, obviously you can collect corollary data about IQs and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, yeah I don't I don't know I, I just wonder how long this model is sustainable I think that it creates a heavy sense of paranoia when people don't think that they can trust the the firms that they're buying things from I, there's obviously an unrest in the government so when you have household firms unrest with the government um, and doubt in in the business and corporations that you have to like interface with to purchase the necessities that you need to survive. I don't know. I think it creates a pretty, a pretty weird concoction, but that's just, that's, that's me. I think that it's just uh, part of the process of, of how we're learning to interact with the power of data and technology. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're still in, in a lot of dark days. Um, and, and certainly far off from some of these scientific fiction utopias about how we should be interacting with technology. So we'll
3: I think it's, it's, I think we're, we're closer to the light than, than most people think. Um, and, and I think, um, it, it doesn't, the, the, the technology doesn't have to be weaponized describing right now. It can be harnessed. I don't want to see leverage, but it can be harnessed, um, to, to do something great and make the world a better place and reduce suffering for for our um, descendants, um, just like, you know, some of the, the great minds throughout history have made um, our lives better because they created um, to reduce our, our suffering in, in many ways. We have other types of suffering, and it's just like a never-ending circle and balance between, um, you know, suffering and and. And peace. And um, I think these tools can be leveraged if we make people feel empowered. And right now, people feel very weak and and out of control. And um, a lot of that is by design, similar to um, the Dark Ages, um, where they were were controlled by a different type of organization in a really similar way, where their mind was just um, enslaved in a way that wasn't um, terribly apparent to most folks. But and then the folks that understood what was going on were suppressed by things like the Inquisition, and I think that um, mm. over time that'll reveal itself. Where you know hindsight's twenty twenty, but it's really it's a tough balance to strike between being careful and protecting the self and the family unit um, and those that you care for and trust and, and want to validate for, versus mm. um, you know being a selfless almost martyr. Uh, for for the greater good of, of all of humanity and all of our our descendants and, and the, our, our lineage so that's a that's the kind of balance that i've been thinking about a lot and where i want how i want to frame my future and, and my family's future um mm-hmm. and um, i think i don't think people spend enough time thinking about themselves in context of their family past and future um and and um i think it it changes the way that you apply your Talent and your thought. I like um, that
0: line of thinking from that perspective. There. <clears throat> so
3: we have been going for
0: coming up on one hour right now. I think I'm going to kill the broadcast, but at the same time, we can stay uh, in the chat room and hang out. But we'll keep this one yeah. nice and tight at an hour. And, Sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I yeah. jumped on to Paracord or uh, Periscope (laughs) Periscope (laughs) and left comments he
1: just gave someone an idea he just gave someone an idea in the marketing firm they're like Uh it's
0: cheese left any hearts or retweeted our chat we do appreciate it Um, you know this is kind of turning into a regular thing so you can probably expect some of us to be back before too long thanks for hanging out
1: thanks for having us Michael thanks for your time guys
0: See you next time.